Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We could be headed for a really tough Sunday. And I don't just mean a game against the Cowboys and a loss, potentially. I mean one of those, you've seen these, end of year, really cold, Gross weather, maybe it's snowing, maybe it isn't. December Commanders, Redskins football team games in front of a mostly empty stadium or stadium that's filled up with the other team's fans. And so we're asking you, if this is the end of the Snyder era, which, fingers crossed, I think we're all hoping that is the case. Certainly are. It would be the perfect ending. Wouldn't it be fitting and it would typify what this has been like? What game do you think best best exemplifies the ineptitude of the era? You went with the swinging gate game. I've got a couple I'm going to throw out there um, that are notable, I think, and that need to be mentioned. But I'll just start with this one, and then we can hit the phones. The December 8th, 2013 game where the Chiefs destroyed the Redskins at home. This is the game, I'm pretty sure, where the, the lasting image is tailgate Ted all by himself. Sitting in the crowd. It's all, it's like the iconic photo. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> just, he's looking into the abyss, man. <laughs> Poor Tailgate Ted. It, it is possibly, and I'm, I'm not doing a bit. It's kind of funny for Tailgate Ted, I guess, but it might be the lasting image of the Snyder era. He is sitting there in gear in the, in the seats by himself with just dozens of feet to either direction with no other human being in sight. And he just looks like the saddest guy on the planet. There's Because this is before they took out all the seats, right? So it's still the massive 90,000 plus, I think. Uh, they've taken some of them Have they taken some out? We, but we weren't all the way down to where we're at fair, now. It's fair enough. It's still in the 80s at that point. And it's 38-10 at the start of the fourth quarter. And they did the establishing shot. And it's 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 vacant. It's yeah. I Am Legend in there. <laughs> Luckily, the Chiefs stopped trying. And so the final score in the game that day was 45-10 to 10, Kansas City. But that, at the time, was the lowest announced attendance in FedEx Field history. I'm not sure if that record's been broken yet or not. I would imagine it has been. But that day, 56,000 fans were there, and a lot of them were Chiefs fans. And Kansas City destroyed Washington. Don't forget that that same day, you want to talk about Dan Snyder and and kind of typifying the era? That pregame was when the, the Shanahan story came out that he had packed up his boxes. Oh, it was the leaky Leakersons. That was the December where he was about to be fired and Snyder was moving on from him. Look at yeah, that picture. I, I remember the picture. Look at that picture. There's about 100 fans in the stands at the start of the fourth quarter <laughs> and some snow on the ground. Uh, here's a quote from London Fletcher that day yeah. when they lost by 35. To put up a performance like this and get booed in your home stadium, I understand the fans' frustration. I wanted to boo us, too. It's just not something you ever imagined you could go through. It's pretty difficult. Your team leader, London Fletcher, uh, as Solomon Wilcox on the broadcast was talking about how they have a new chef and they have a new bubble, 
Cool, I guess. I suppose that's neat. That, that to me is the one. That's now for me. That's actually in terms of feeling the worst. That's where I felt the worst as, as a Redskins fan, right? Because that was supposed to be the adult, and that's why that was supposed to be like the the grown up is here to fix the problems. That's why it's it is the number one for me. I yeah. mean, that was Shanahan's gone. You brought in a two time Super Bowl champion who just won a division. You basically chose the quarterback's vision who was a kid over his, if you believe the, the side of the story that you know a lot of people at that time had heard. And here we go. You're, you're going back into finding a new coach, and you now are at a point where there's 50,000 people showing up in a stadium where there used to be 90,000, and you're losing by 35 on the week. Dueling 17. banjos of leaks through you know both different parties each week, like uh, sniping at each other. God, that was br- brutal. brutal. Just brutal. All right, let's go to Dave in Silver Spring. Let's run through him. You're, uh, you're the game that best typifies the Snyder incompetence. W- what is it? I was I was at that game on December eighth, twenty thirteen. I was sitting in the end zone. We were defending in the second quarter when they ran back a punt, and then they ran back a kickoff to the same end zone. So we're watching him like dart back and forth, two different guys. But to watch two returns to the end zone at your home field in one quarter is just it was it was unbelievable. I think there might have been a pick six. There might have been a tax return. It was a disaster. <laughs> Quentin Debs and it, Dexter I mean, McCluster had tutties in the second quarter. Did they both on I, returns? See, I don't remember that at all. That is, I, I remember it being really, really bad. I don't remember that. They had a special teams coach at that time, who I mean, every week was a new disaster. It was a it was a Daniel Gafford. I can't remember that guy's name. I covered that team. I mean, I was on the beat, and I just can't remember that guy's name. But I'm like, how is this person employed? It was such a joke, their special teams at that time. It was post-Danny Smith, obviously. Let's go to Dave in Akakik. What's up, Dave? Hey, well, first of all, you guys are going to have to write a book called the Daniel Snyder Error, not Era. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the game that really stands out is the uh, Monday Night Massacre with the Eagles and Donovan McNabb. Oh, yeah, that's remember a all fun the details. one. Yeah, that was uh, when they got crucified big time. Oh my goodness, that was that was ugly. That was really really. I can't even remember the exact date. I just remember I was ducked in bowling that night, and we were all looking at the TV set, and somebody said, "Turn that off." <laughs> Keith Burns was the name of the special teams coach. Thank you, Darius, who's on our research department. Uh, yeah, so let's go through the Monday Night Football Massacre because that's the, the I think that's the most embarrassing game in team history. Certainly. For me, over recent time around this organization, it's the most embarrassed I've been for people that that like this team. November 16th, 2010. Monday Night Football. believe they were 4-4 four and four going into the game, and there was kind of a feeling like maybe they're pretty good. This is okay. you got to remember the context of what happened before that game to remember why the game was such a big deal. So, number one, they had extended Donovan McNabb that afternoon to a five-year contract, okay? Now, we would soon find out it was the most fake contract ever. It was quite literally done as just a commercial on ESPN so that they could get some goodwill and talk about continuity, and they found their quarterback, when the fact of the matter was he didn't like them and they didn't like him, and they had benched him a couple weeks earlier for cardiovascular endurance. So they had lost at Detroit, 
And they had taken, as you said, they had taken McNabb out of the lineup and put Rex Grossman in. Was that in. the previous week or how far back? So it was two weeks, but there was a bye week in between. Okay. So the first time we saw them after that Detroit game, the narrative was going to be McNabb bench, trouble in paradise, what's going on? And moments before kickoff, no, no, no. We are a great organization. We've extended McNabb. Look how look how much we like him and he likes us. I feel like the, the Detroit game was Halloween or the day before, something like that. October 31st. Your boy had a hell of a Halloween night in Greektown. I'll just tell you that right now. It was a good time that night. Uh, but okay, so so there you go. That all checks out. So they're in Detroit. Two weeks later, they're back home, and they extend Donovan McNabb. No, we didn't bench him because we don't like him. We're extending him for five years. Before the game, don't sleep on this. Before the game, there's a big, basically almost a fight at midfield where LaRon Landry and Deshaun Jackson are jawing at each other. And they are face mask to face mask talking S, okay? Yep. As you're about to play this team for like battle for the division, which team's legitimate, right? LaRon Landry and Deshaun Jackson are being separated. Like the, the commanders, I've come on, the, I'm sure they were. The I'm sure they were. Whatever they were. They're, they are like being, you see this in college sometimes yeah. where like they're dancing at midfield. Like that kind of shtick was happening legitimately. It's this like we're macho, you're in our house, you're about to get punked. The first play of the game. Not the first play, Grant. No, 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 no. They go back into the locker room after they get separated. Landry and Jackson yelling at each other. How embarrassing is this? The first play of the game. First and 10 from the 12-yard line, Danny. 88-yard touchdown pass from Michael Vick, yep. who threw the most beautiful Dime it was a good ball. Tight yep. spiral uh-huh. in stride to Deshaun Jackson that I've ever seen. I mean, they had to have gone back in the locker room and just changed the play. There's no way all week long they were planning on that play and it was just a coincidence. He and Lorenzo Landry had just basically gotten into a fight at midfield ten minutes before that. The first play, he runs a post past Laron Landry, and the image that I still have is Landry laying out. With his hands, his fingertips at the feet of Deshaun Jackson as he's running away from him for an 88-yard touchdown. And as the night went on, McNabb, who Washington got right before that in a trade from Philly, threw three picks. And Michael Vick won the MVP award that night. Eight for 80 and two touchdowns. That's on the ground for Michael Vick. Who's Jerome Harrison? I'm legitimately asking. Former Steeler and Lion. Well, this guy ran for 109 yards and a touchdown and, and caught a pass for 15. I don't remember that. Check me on that. Former Steeler in line. Y- you might be right about that. If I, I think I might not be, but whatever. Jerome Harrison played for Texas. Cleveland. There Cleveland. you go. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, played for Cleveland before that. Uh, that was under domination. Not to be outdone in that game, by the way. That's the I know that Andre Carter would be good at an obstacle course. Dre. Right? I know that because I watched him jump over a ballooned whale who had quit on the play. That's right. In Albert Hainsworth. Hainsworth. At the, the, the nadir of that relationship, right? We'd already had the conditioning test gate, you know, where, where Hainsworth maybe had to go potty and had to start it over again. That old thing was a hot mess, and he didn't want to play defensive tackle or, or nose tackle, whatever it was. Andre Carter jumped over, jumped over Albert Hainsworth, and, like, looked down on the ground. I was like, I don't know what to do about this. Jumped over him trying to pursue Michael Vick on what I think would what would be a touchdown. Please stand up, guy. Try. Anytime now. Try. This will, again, I'm going to reiterate. I know I've said this a couple times. It's It needs to be said. It's so embarrassing. This is about 15 real-life minutes after Laron Landry and Deshaun Jackson are separated and the two teams are jawing at each other at midfield. The first play of the game. 
Or maybe this is just natural crowd noise. First play from about the 12, and there is Vic, as you talked about, John, rolling and launching downfield for Deshaun Jackson, who accelerates, caught the opening play, and all the way for a touchdown. 88 yards. It's okay, Popper. We'll recover. Nope. <laughs> it's okay, Popper. We gave him one, but we'll be great moving forward. He went to the end zone backwards, by the way. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's what, what he, does, he loves to do. He's not no at no time in his career did he ever just cross the goal line normally, they like sc- never once. They scored fifty two more points. Yeah, they did, and it, and it wasn't as close as I mean, it was fifty nine twenty eight final, no, no, and no. it wasn't even that close. That's so fake. I don't even say the twenty eight because it's so fake. It was thirty five nothing before yes. they said, eh, it's fine. Let's go to Gary in Centerville. Gary, the game, the experience at FedEx that most typifies the Snyder era. Yeah, so a little anecdote. I'm actually a Steelers fan, and I had just moved up here in uh, 2014. And oh, I, so I, I bet think I it was know a, where you a, were in 2016. Yeah, what, what night was that? Yeah, it was a Monday night. Yep. Uh, Kirk Cousins at the helm. Uh-huh. And uh, my ex-wife and I decided to come up. Uh, you know, I think it's the only time in recent memory the uh, Steelers have been in town. And uh, we got on the Metro in Atlanta. That's where I moved up here from. In Alexandria, and uh, as we got closer and closer to Landover, there were more and more Steelers fans on the train, and, and I'm like, this feels a lot like a, a home game. I, at the time, I was not uh, familiar with, with the woes of being a Redskins slash Commanders fan uh, as of yet, and uh, you you know, now I am, obviously. And now you know. Yeah, you, you, you were there. You and all your friends were there. I saw you. I saw all you. your buddies. That was pre-unacceptable and just absolutely embarrassing Human being Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Uh, he went for 126 in a pair. I think he beat, was it Bashad Breeland for two touchdowns? No, it was another. It was Josh Wilson, maybe, or I don't know. Someone got beat. I thought it was Norman. Like a drum. Uh, that would make more sense. Was he here yet? Yeah. Good. Then it was him. <laughs> I'll just say it was. Uh, I mean, if he was here, it was him. Because why not? It was his first game, and let's just let him get torched. Uh, that was after they made the playoffs in 15. And they caught fire at the end of the year. So there was some thought, maybe, just maybe. And they were down. They were up 6 nothing after 1, 14-6 at the half, 24-9 after 3. And uh, the Steelers poured it on that game. Matt Jones, you want this stat line? Give it to me. Seven carries for 24 yards. Let's ride, Let's ride the Matt Jones bus. <laughs> 800 I think there's a chance that Sunday against Dallas is going to look like the Snyder era has felt. I think this... It's going to be the most Snydery. I, I think this stadium is going to resemble what this era has been. But I'm wondering if there is a game that you think best typifies. Like, hey, how would you describe Dan Snyder's ownership? And you could just point to say, here it is. Like, what? It, which game is that for you? We're Grant and Danny on the fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.